This is the World Industrial News for Monday, September 19th, brought to you by Industrial Info Resources of Sugarland, Texas. This newscast is sponsored by Aviva. Listen to part four of their podcast, How to Leverage the U.S. Infrastructure Bill to Modernize the U.S. Power Grid. It's going to know when to use the power. It's going to know how to use the power on individual reasons. And a lot of that is what we know technically. What we didn't know technically that was addressed by this bill is how to pay for it. Because this is a lot of money to put into basically better living. The parallel to this is probably the interstate highway system. No state or city could have afforded a highway system that was so consistent across the U.S., which then furthered the idea of interstate transport and goods traveling by truck everywhere. We're going to see the same effect on the new digital grid. It's going to understand where to allocate the power, and it's going to have the projects in place to do these basically all at once. Because if you don't, it doesn't make that much difference. Well, perfect. You just you just perfectly teed up my, my next question. Mona, you said you're going to get into it. Can you break down this bill for us? How do we follow the funds? What, what How do you see this progressing? Absolutely. And it, so... So first off, um, Pat mentioned electrification and, and the fleet. Um, this bill has 65 billion for power and grid, as I mentioned, but there's additional 54 billion for water and wastewater infrastructure, 17 billion for ports and waterways, 7 billion set aside for resiliency, 64 billion for broadband, 16 billion for Amtrak. And the list just goes on. There's there's 39 billion for public transit. Airports are receiving 25 billion dollars. And then last but not least, the first electric vehicle charging federal spend in our history, 7.5 billion dollars for EVs, and then another 7.5 billion for buses. So I just okay, I just need to take a sip of water after that because that's a lot of money that is going from the federal government to the states. And so the electric sector is going to play a really prominent role in making sure, especially absorbing and helping bring about this electrification that the Biden administration has supported and wanted for so long. And in addition to, you know, these different pots of money that are at play specifically for the power and grid sector, the U.S. Department of Energy is launching a better building a better grid initiative. The Building a Better Grid initiative is an effort to encourage the modernization of the nation's existing electric transmission grid. And so there is a focus, you know, around the need for more transition, more grid resiliency in order to achieve the goals of the of the overall bill. To hear the full podcast, search for IIR's Industry Today podcast on your favorite podcast provider. The Biden administration said last week it aims to develop 15 gigawatts of floating offshore wind capacity in U.S. waters by 2035, following its earlier proposal to develop 30 gigawatts of offshore wind floating or fixed by 2030. Floating wind farms can be positioned in much deeper waters than fixed wind farms, which account for most of the investment in offshore wind to date. Industrial Info is tracking more than $15.8 billion worth of floating offshore wind energy projects, which are in development across the U.S. 
Whereas turbines for fixed offshore wind farms are rooted to the seabed, turbines for floating offshore wind farms are mounted to floating platforms, which are anchored to the seabed via mooring lines. The greater Houston region covers a lot of area and a lot of people. Encompassing nine counties, the region covers 10,000 square miles in nine counties and has a population of more than 7 million people, according to Wikipedia. Harris County alone, which contains the city of Houston, is the third most populous county in the United States. The region is regarded as a major hub of oil and gas activity. Its construction projects run the gamut from terminals to pharma biotech centers and industrial manufacturing facilities. Industrial Info is tracking more than $4 billion worth of projects that are planned to kick off construction during the fourth quarter in the greater Houston region. The food and beverage industry affects us all. In Industrial Info's most recent webinar, Randy Goddett, Industrial Info's Vice President of Research for the food and beverage industry, was joined by regional food and beverage managers from Latin America and Europe to discuss the trends and drivers affecting the industry. If you'd like to listen to this webinar in full or perhaps review some of the key points from your first listen, it is now available in Industrial Info's on-demand webinar library. Visit industrialinfo.com to listen. While other countries have been quick to add battery energy storage systems to renewable energy plants, Japan has been reluctant. But now companies such as Hokkaido Electric Power Company are realizing the value of the constant energy that BESS can provide. After an earthquake in 2018, Hokkaido had a blackout, which could have been palliated by battery storage. Industrial Info is tracking 11 active BESS projects in Japan worth $715 million. And Rongsheng Petrochemical recently announced a feasibility report for a high-performance resin project with a total investment value of $2.76 billion. The facility is scheduled to begin operations in 2024. For details on these and other breaking news, read the full stories at www.industrialinfo.com. I'm Peggy Tuck, reporting for Industrial Info News.